KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon. We start another week here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, at least in the 10 to noon time slot. We're glad you're along with us here uh, as we talk sports with you, football with you for the most part, although we do have to do a little MLB as they wrap up and the end of an era on the north side of Chicago. We will uh, talk about that at some point during the program as well. Very light guest list today. Very, very light. So much to get through. Uh, Bama Bob was going to be here at 11, but he is under the weather still, so he's going to scratch uh, from your uh, BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, bottom of the hour, we'll talk to Dylan Montz. He was in Waco covering Iowa State and Baylor. Bottom of the 11 o'clock hour, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. We will catch up with Doc, uh, the latest on Iowa. And thank God, the non-conference portion of the schedule, with the exception of Cyhawk, because that, meaning, that moves the needle clearly. Uh, but the Middle Tennessee states of the world are behind us. And it is on. The Big Ten play begins in earnest. For I know they beat Rutgers. Uh, but that doesn't count. Well, it does, but you get my point. We'll do some NFL as well as the Bears uh, embarrass the uh, Wild Kurt Cousins-led Minnesota Vikings. Yesterday, we'll probably, well, we'll make some time to get that in here if you Bears want. Bears got a quarterback. You know what, Trent? It's an upgrade. I can't wait till Wednesday to talk to Kenny White because he's the guy that signs these power rankings mm-hmm. to every player in NFL. I don't think it's a downgrade. In fact, you might be right. And I know you said that with a smile on your face because I watched you. Yes. But it might be an upgrade. Very well could be. Uh, how many times have we seen the placeholder with the defense as good as oh the Bears God. have? Very simplified. A guy uh. that's not going to make mistakes. A veteran going in there and... Not screwing it up. No, nope, that's what did. you have to do with that defense. They had six starters out yesterday, three on the defense. Didn't matter. And Cousins didn't have a chance. Nope, didn't matter. Well, I listened to that game on the radio on the drive back from Sioux Who City. Who did you hear? PA. Did you? Otto, How was he? As always, beautiful Yankton, uh, South Dakota, on the listen home as I normally do with the Twins too. And uh, Yankton was blowing through, got me all the way home. PA was frustrated. A lot mm. of frustrations uh, throughout the game. I always enjoy listening to PA. I enjoy listening to Vikings game, even as I'm not a Vikings fan, just because he's good at his craft. He's one of the people... Too good at his craft. He's outgrown us. It's <laughs> very true. Very true. He, he's really good. So it was fun getting that perspective, and my wife didn't enjoy the perspective as a Vikings fan nearly as much. But it was the throwback weekend for me. A lot of radio time here. We had a birthday party in Sioux City. That's why I was gone. And with it, there was no cell reception at all. Mm-hmm. Nobody. I have Verizon. How can it not have cell service at 2019? It was the middle of a park. In the middle of a park, and there's no cell towers around. So because of that, it was old school. Listen to Dolph on the radio. Listen to John Walters. Now, how did did Dolph uh, take me to the fourth quarter of that Iowa game? Well, I was out at that point. I I guess, because him and Podolak, I don't know how you can... Keep your audience, Trent. It, they just completely overwhelmed Middle Tennessee State. I am so ready for this to be high because I think this Iowa team is really good. I really do. And this isn't anything to do with the win against Middle Tennessee. No, this State. is the fact that they can run the football. Mm-hmm. They've got a mean, miserable sob in the center of that offensive line. It's and awesome. I can't wait to watch them for three more years because look at the running game. The stats are way up. We'll get into it with Doc mm-hmm. at, at eleven thirty, and I think he's as big a reason as any. I really do. He just he. Malls 
guys. Malls, nose tackles, malls, D tackles. He just moves guys out of the way. And and maybe, you know, according to a lot of people that follow Iowa and offensive line play, their best uh run blocker might have missed the last three games. Yes, and Alaric Jackson, yes. who Pro Football Focus has been in love with going back to yeah, last really season. Has. Really, really good on that side of things. And look how they're running. And I get it's a product of the team on the other side yes. of the field. And they will need to be really good as we get into Big Ten play here. But this Iowa team, they can catch it. Nate Stanley does enough. Defense is good enough. Um, fun, fun to watch, Trent. These two weeks are going to help define this Iowa football season. Yes. If they go on two, have a chance to have a nice year. Maybe yeah. nine and three and... Right, trip to the Holiday Bowl, go to San Diego, mm-hmm. be a nice season. You win one of these two, everything's still on the table with yep. Wisconsin later on. You go two and zero, oh, we're talking about Oof. something special. You no, know, you could be, you really could be. There's no doubt about it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's behind us. I really am. Yeah. It, it was, it wasn't difficult to watch. It was just, yeah, you, know, you just want some competitive well, game. Last night when I went back three. and watched it, I mean, I went yeah, back. You really and, did watch the whole thing. Well, and I watched it. You got the 30 second fast forward clicker on the Directv remote, and yeah. there was just so many of that. Now, one thing, speaking of Linderbaum, that I did is I just keyed on him a bunch oh, of the different times. Just right. you're right. We we love watching quarterbacks and yeah. running backs and wide receivers. It's, it's hard it's, not to watch the ball in the air or a left tackle even at times. But sure. how? Often do you key in on watching a center? Yeah, not very often. I mean, I always had some good ones. Mm-hmm. From Bruce yes. Nelson to Raphael yes. Eubanks yeah. to uh, going back in the day to Hildenberg. I mean, you can go lots of good guys at that middle position, but nobody that you watched James playing Daniels. and play out. James Daniels, yeah. A guy that was a second-round pick as mm-hmm. a 19-, 20-year-old. But this nobody like this. Yes. Special as a, as a freshman. And remember, I, I know I said it. Are they sure? Are they sure about that? That this guy yeah. they're just going to hand off the keys? But you then go back to April and everybody's raving about him. And, and I was like, "Well, pump the brakes, exactly. a bit, slow right? down, slow down." Come He's, talk to me in September. Well, it's September. At least for Ray Lima is going to be lined up across. Well, check. Yeah, absolutely. Now you got the Michigan front in front of you. Yeah, we'll see. Check here. Uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of those guys because the Big Ten is a different animal, mm-hmm. and uh, there's one or lost in the trenches in this conference. A lot of those games. Can't wait to watch it unfold. And thankfully, uh, it is here. Not that I wish the first month. Well, look, we get three months, right? One of us by behind us. Don't look now. But it's you know it's one scratch one off. Get your muck. I mean, go to the calendar. Uh, big uh, big X through one of the three months of college football. Well, and speaking of this two week stretch here, we got a chance for people to win tickets. Tickets to that next game at Kinnick Stadium. Yes, we do. Uh, and uh, the courtesy of our buddy, Dr. Stephen Fuller, FullerFamilyDental.net. Now, this contest is going to be open all week long. If you play for Claxons, it's a Miller and Condon special, right? It's a bunch <laughs> of closest without going over. Yep. Uh, but go to the contest page at kxno.com. Again, Dr. Stephen Fuller, Fuller uh, Family Dental, FullerDental.net, making it possible. So, Doc's got three sets of tickets. And the Penn State tickets might be the most expensive ticket this year. Oh, there's no we doubt. We don't want you to sell them. <laughs> no, we nope. don't. Um, but uh, you, you guess the score in the Michigan Iowa game this weekend closes without going over. Mm-hmm. Then a couple of tiebreakers. Um, simple as that. If you get it right, you're going to get two tickets to see Penn State versus Iowa, and then following that, we've got Purdue. Mm-hmm. and Minnesota tickets. So we've got three sets of tickets. But go to kxno.com, the contest page. You can fill it out there. You've got until, you know, I don't know if there's a closing time. I would guess. 11 o'clock Saturday morning, right? That would be the, the one that would make the most sense. So you got time? Go do it now. Get in there. Get locked in. One entry per person. Yes. And uh, you log in with your information. Away you go. Chance to sit in Kinnick Stadium with maybe game day there. 
coming up in You know, a there's week. a chance, right? Where are they this week? They are in Florida. Auburn goes to town. Auburn, a slight favorite. Florida. That's feels, a CBS game, though, right? Well, it not is. that it matters, but... No. Uh, okay. Does feel like a... You know, Florida without Felipe Franks, how yeah. good are they going to be? They're still ranked in the top 10. How about Auburn again flexing Oof. their muscle? I, I did not see this coming at all. I, it was a nice story, beating Oregon. Freshman quarterback. Yeah, Bo Nix out there mm-hmm. doing his thing. But he's good, Trent. He, he's yeah, played he's much, good. but he's growing, certainly. Mm-hmm. He wasn't great outside of really a drive against Oregon. No, but but he made, that, that drive. That drive was a big one. Yeah. And, and even another one of their games earlier this year, never wasn't overly impressed, but... He is growing into a big way. There isn't a whole lot of other games that would make sense this weekend anyway, so they're going to be there for On that On the 12th, one. you mean? Or oh, this weekend. For this gotcha. weekend. So this was process of elimination again. Boy, yeah. you know what? Game days had a bunch of those, right? Yeah. Trying to find it. Look, they were in Lincoln for crying out loud on Saturday night. Ooh. That was awful, Trent. That, that was, was really That bad. was eye-opening. So what is it? Is Nebraska that bad? Is Ohio State that good? A little of both? Ohio State is... Are they... I think they're the best team... The most complete team I've seen all year. I've watched Alabama. Yep. Mm -hmm. I've watched Clemson. Look, I like Oklahoma a lot. You know what we're trending to, I think, for the first time ever, is we are not going to see two teams from the SEC. You don't think so? I don't. If Ohio State and if Oklahoma or Texas hold up there. Now, Texas needs to, Texas essentially needs to win out to prevent two from the SEC because LSU's got that one over them. It's it's again. We've got two it's months of really football. Really early to but, be saying that. I get you, but it seems like for the first time, you know, the Big Twelve is going to be a player in this thing, and the Big Ten hasn't been represented the last couple of years, and they are, you know, Ohio State, Trent. That's eye-opening what they're doing. My God, and, and it's not so much just beating Nebraska, but the fashion that they did it. I mean, you saw Scott Frost; they're going triple option. Trent, you see those plays? I did. Yeah, I did. Go with, flex bone. Yes, Adam. with Mills at the at the. Trent, Adrian Martinez's first half, I'm doing it by memory. I want to, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Two of eight for 10 yards and three picks. That first interception, just a little bit Game behind the receiver. And it went downhill. And from the there. onslaught was on. That was a dominating yeah. performance, and they're doing it on both sides of the football. Ohio State, they get Michigan State this week that showed a pulse offensively. Mm-hmm. Lewerke was really good in that game against Indiana. Mm-hmm. But it was close for a while. I mean, it was close into the fourth quarter of that football game. You can't run the football against Michigan State. And I'm sure they'll try a little bit with Dobbins, but in the past... Well, if any we, team's going to, it's going to be Ohio State. We've seen Urban Meyer teams against Michigan State struggle because they said, no, we're going to run the football. This uh-huh. is what we do. I don't know if Ryan Day's going to do that. If they see early on, you know what? Yeah. What you do, and what Indiana did was move that athletic quarterback outside of the pocket, mm-hmm. and they made plays up and down the field that way. This is our way we're going to score each and every time, and that's how you beat Michigan State. The blueprint is there. Now, not many people have a quarterback like Indiana that's athletic and can throw it like him mm-hmm. left on that Michigan State schedule, but there's one team that certainly does. Yeah, Justin Fields is a different animal, man. <laughs> yes, Running yes, it or does. chucking it around. Boy, he's good. Oh, man. This is... We're here. Football season. Yeah, no, I mean, no. it, it feels real right now. You know, I want to uh, I want to switch gears. I want to go to Waco because I honestly believe that we, collectively, we are missing the forest for the trees on this story because this, this to me, should be getting way more coverage than it has. And, and I, let me say this right off the bat. Iowa State did not get beat because they made them take the tents down. And I'm probably going to say that a couple of times because okay. I want people tuning into the radio. This isn't an I'm excuse. Correct. Trent, I've seen two different temperatures. I'm, I swear to God, 
I saw somebody tweet it was 145 degrees on the Iowa State sideline. 145 was the number I saw. Was that an exaggeration? I don't know. Let's say it was 114. Still, right? Right. I think it was closer to the number I threw out there. This is going to make, this is going to, I want the people that don't believe student athletes should be paid to really pay attention right now. Because these, in your mind, are just kids, right? They, they don't have to play football. They could, they, they don't, they're not forced. These are amateurs. These are students, first and foremost. Now, bat on Iowa State's director of football ops or whoever it is for not getting clearance for mm-hmm. the tents, which is a stupid rule to begin with, but I guess it's a rule because they made them take them down. The Big 12. And I don't care if this is in Waco. I don't care if this is in Baton Rouge. I don't care if this is in Wake Forest. I don't care if this is at Rutgers. I don't care if this is in Louisville. You get my point? I'm Mm -hmm. making my way across the country. Yes. And I'm going to stop because my Canadian's about to be showing. (laughs) This issue of them not allowing players to be shaded while they're wearing full pads and helmets is a safety issue. Look, In the 60s, folks, some of you aren't that old. In the 60s, what was the name of that show? What was the name of that movie? There was a movie made about Bear Bryant. (sighs) I can't remember. Recent, the ESPN? Yeah, I think it was. Junction Boys. Junction Boys. Thank you. Why did you go, Trent Con? In the Junction Boys, a big topic in the Junction Boys was coaches wouldn't allow their teams to drink water. Absolutely. Because that's a no-no. We need you to be tough. Mm-hmm. Well, I, thankfully, a light bulb went on and common sense prevailed. Yeah. And the athletes were, student athletes, were provided water. In the 70s and 80s, you got salt tablets. Salt tablets. And then they realized and then you that's had, probably not that's the best That's thing. not the best thing. Then two-a-days, full padded two-a-days, mm-hmm. and they're gone. You mean to tell me in 2019, this is not why Iowa State lost to Baylor. This is not why Iowa State lost to Baylor. In 2019, you're not going to allow a student athlete to perhaps cool down on the sidelines when your unit is not on the field. I don't care if you're starting, if you're, if you're not, if you're dressed and you're not going to see the field, you're hot. Mm-hmm. Trent, when I cook ribs, this is a swear to God story. <laughs> I cook. I slow cook them in the oven before I put them on the smoke. Okay. For hours at a time, I wrap them in foil, right? I keep a helmet on their head, and I turn the oven on to 145 degrees, and I keep them in there for about four to five hours and let them cook. This is a safety issue. How college football thinks it's okay for any team in any city to be out there on the field and not have a safety issue, they're not getting a dime. Don't give me they're getting a desk in a classroom. Don't tell me they're forced they're not forced to play football. I can't believe that this isn't the main takeaway from this weekend. Not that the director of football operations letting the ball drop. How that's a rule to begin with is just incredulous. It's beyond me and it needs to change. But Ken, they didn't get approval. Where's the adults? Where's the common sense? We've had this conversation a lot the last two weeks. We're the adults in these situations who are the people that use a little common sense. The common sense that you say, these guys are in sweltering heat. Yes, fully padded. Fully padded, 
playing football. Correct. Running around on a field yes. with their helmet on. And that's what that's why you wear a toque or a, well, I'm a Canadian, a, a stocking cap, because that's where the heat escapes your body is through your head. Could you imagine the other way? And this was a game that was played in the opposite conditions. You know, Texas will finally be making their way up and playing in November in Jack Trice Stadium. And they don't get approved heaters? No, sorry. They weren't approved beforehand. You're going to have to deal with yeah. it. I see. I, 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 yeah, I get your point. Your point's well taken. I think the heat is worse, mm-hmm. honestly. I do. But we've seen players die yes. from heat stroke. Yes. Die. Right. From heat stroke. It, it should stop Corey right Springer. there. Yes. Minnesota Viking left tackle in, in now nobody died for the, the, we the don't, Maryland we don't player know anybody. just recently yes, a couple right. of years ago uh, we don't we don't think there was anything the Iowa State um, you know that came away with any heat related issues it's 2019 in my lifetime they weren't allowed to drink water it changed two a days salt tablets Could, how about the guy that from the Big Twelve that had to go to the Iowa State sideline and say look sorry this hasn't been approved. You're going to have to take these safety precautions down. Why? Could, what was behind it in the first place? Could some of the students not see over top of them? That's what I first saw, is that it was there were people that their vision to the game was hit. They couldn't see the game, and that's where it initially came from. Figure it out. Figure it out. Trent, You're talking about the players playing the game. Uh, the amateurs yes. playing the game. You Student athletes. Be better. Have to be better. This is a common a black sense. Act. But you're right. Nationally, nobody's talking about that. And this was a game that nationally a lot of people were talking about. Mm-hmm. This was a game that was certainly in the top Middle ten of the of afternoon. Games. ESPN, yes. big ESPN, not news. No, this is two oh six on DTV. People were watching this game uh-huh. nationally, and it has not gained any kind of traction no, at all. It hasn't. It's a safety issue. I don't care what city it happened in. It should never happen again. The fact that you had to seek approval in the first place right. is a little petty, but I guess it's a rule. So what about the guy that had to come over and oh, tell them? Can you imagine? Yeah, listen, it's, it's, this is, it's rule 456-123, and it says right here, now we, you guys didn't seek approval for these. We're going to have to ask you to take them down. It's 145 degrees. It's like a, It was like a 30-something, 40-something degree difference from the Baylor sideline. to the, This is not why Iowa State lost the game. Blows my mind. It's the biggest story. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact that they made him take him down, which is wrong to begin with. That the fact that common sense didn't come into play here, and they were not allowed to take that precaution of playing in those conditions. Ridiculous. Anyways, to the, the game. game itself. Uh, look, it was really bad for three quarters mm-hmm. from Iowa State's perspective, and I guess give him credit uh, to you know for the for the comeback to make it close, taking a lead, and of all things to to lose it to a kid who's never made a kick in in, uh, in college before and missed horribly from the exact same distance in the first quarter. Baylor hadn't made a field goal all year long. Yes, Trent, that's and right. And then the game winner right through On the outright the line, thirty-eight yard or two. I mean, this was he missed from thirty-eight yeah. badly in the first quarter. It wasn't a chip shot. It, no. I mean, it's a college kicker. You'd hope no. they'd be able to make 38 yarders, but you would hope. Here's the, here's a couple of takeaways on the game. Iowa State needs to, I don't know who it is. I don't. They need to find their running back. Mm-hmm. And they were spoiled. You know, David Montgomery yes. cleared, uh, you know, put band-aids on a lot of ills last year. Offensive line still, you know, they got a really good effort, I think, as the, from the entire unit against Iowa. they Some of the guys played well against Baylor. Some of them you know, reverted back. The receivers, 
Look, it's the tight end game. Chase Allen had his best game, I think, as a Cyclone. And his freshman year, he was runner-up in the Big 12, despite the fact he caught five balls. Mm. <laughs> but I swear to God, I mean, when when he was told that, somebody think had to, he had to think someone was playing a prank on him. But regardless of that, the tight ends are involved. Deshante Jones continues to play well. You can't trust Connor Sally. No. You, you just can't. Two misses, both of 49. Yeah, one blocked, but uh, one, one, was, uh, one was a miss, one was blocked. But, um, you know... They've they've got a scholarship kick in Narvison. He's on a scholarship. I think Asali yes. is a walk on, yeah. but you know, I mean, look at the the season has been okay for him, but they needed him in that spot against Baylor. The Big Twelve, it's not going to be easy. Cyclone fans, Mm-mm. this is not going to end up being an historically good year for Iowa State. I think that that narrative is completely off the table. There's still a ton to play for. Don't get me wrong; they've had close losses, but they're losses at the end of the day. And you don't get credit. You don't get a little half check mark for a close loss in the standings. I've looked. There isn't a police there for that category. It is October. We'll flip the calendar tomorrow. It's Campbelltober. I don't know. Is that is that a thing that's going to gain traction? Well, I, hope for, I hope for Iowa State's sake it is. It it's happened a year ago. It happened two years ago. This is the time that they start to play their best football once you get past that opening month. And mm-hmm. the schedule, though neither of these games, all four of them, none are slam dunks. So what are they? They are TCU at home, at West Virginia, at... Texas Tech, home to Oklahoma State. So clearly the two roadies are the easiest, but they're roadies. Mm-hmm. Um, TCU still searching for a quarterback. I don't know. I think that this is a – I have no opinion on this game. They could very well through this month, this next four-game set, go 4 no. I wouldn't be shocked. See, I would because I think Oklahoma State is the third-best team in but the You get them at home, and by yeah, that point – Maybe they do have a running back, and at that point, suddenly. I, but that I know I know Oklahoma State has a running back. Oh, yes, they do. They might have the best running back in the conference. Chubba Hubbard Oof. is a stud, and Spencer Sanders again. Trent, he's incredible. Yes. Now, we didn't see the game because it was ESPN Plus. Saw the highlights. Did you see the highlights? Yep. I didn't even see that. But uh, and and their defense is playing well because look at K State. I was look, say what you want. Go and beat beat an SEC team on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a feather in your cap. Yes. So that one's on the plus column for you. But, um, you know, the, we, we talked about it last week. More likely seven wins for Iowa State? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Look, you're going to be Kansas. K-State's at K-State. K-State could be, they could be sitting in five wins when they get to that point because they haven't played West Virginia. They haven't played Kansas. There could be a whole ton to play for for climbing. You should be t- t- Texas Tech. You should beat West Virginia. You split one of the two home games. I don't think that's crazy. You're not going to beat Oklahoma. You're not going to beat Texas. I know there's a lot of folks out there that believe you will. I don't. Seven? Seven? Seven and five? That's where you're leaning right now? I think. Got to win both those road games this month. You have to. I mean, to to get to even the heights of a seven or eight win season, I think you have to get there. Like you said, the Oklahoma State game is much more difficult. Way more difficult. The Oklahoma because game. their defense showed up on Saturday and for the first time. Well, Iowa State won there two years ago. This feels like a different Oklahoma team. They have yeah. a little bit of a defense. Maybe not much, but more than they've had in the past. And, and this quarterback, Trent, and yeah. I know that it's, it's sheesh. I mean, look at the quarterback play they've had in the last couple of years. But this kid hurts. It's unbelievable. Boy, Lincoln Riley has changed his career. We talk a whole lot about the quarterback guru that left the Saints to go to LSU and help Joe Burrow. Look what Lincoln Riley is doing for Jalen Hurts. I've had the game against Texas as a win throughout. I'm starting to second guess myself. I'm still not ready to flip that pick, but I've I've second guessed that. Not really because of Texas. I still wonder, you know, by the time we get to that point, 
what Ellinger is going to be like physically, just the pounding that he takes. He's so good, Trent. How banged up will he be by the time we get to, what is it, November 16th? It is, November 16th. Do you see the Tebow comparisons with him? Yeah. I do, too. But he's a better passer. Oh, no doubt. Now, Tebow was just his own level of physicality. Yeah. And Ellinger is... is, his legs. Well, and, his, and Tebow's intangible, leadership intangibles yes. and qualities too. And I guess, I don't know, because Tebow got, there, there was a couple of years though, you couldn't turn on your TV, and mm-hmm. I was all for it because I love the kid. <laughs> but it was Tebow mania, right? Right. And we're never going to get confused with Ellinger mania. <laughs> that's never, now, Gardner Minshew mania, that's a whole different ball of wax, <laughs> and that is on. But anyways. All right, let's take a time out. We'll get Dylan Monson in here. Uh, and you know what, to Matt Campbell's credit, he didn't want to talk about it. Nope. But what should have been talked about, and I really, truly want to believe that, I don't know who it would be, Jamie Pollard, somebody at Iowa State, this is a bigger issue than just the one game, take the tents down. This is a safety issue. These Mm -hmm. kids are amateurs. They are. On a field like that, on a day like that in September. It's 145 degrees. You have to think about the players. Right. And here's the other thing. The training staff for Iowa State... Credit to them. I think they show, it was Tariq Milton. I believe that the only cyclone that they pointed out that was cramping Mm -hmm. and 145 degrees with all that equipment was Tariq Milton. And it might not have been a cramp. That's what the announcers perceived it to be. Mm -hmm. So point being is they were making sure that these guys were as hydrated as absolutely possible uh, to prevent this, but my God. And that's something that has to happen going into the game. This right. is not this is, yeah, just day out, drink a couple of cups right. of water, and you're going to be good. No, this From is the time some, you get up in the morning or go to bed the night before. You know how this story could co- become even bigger? Is if we're watching the game against TCU and four or five guys have to leave because of cramps, though, yeah. because of what they dealt with the week before mm-hmm. and the heat that they were sitting in without any shade. That story becomes bigger if that becomes the I case. Don't think, I don't think we're wrong here, do you? I don't feel so, no. I, I was surprised seeing it, and I understand the approval and all these things, but common sense. See, I don't know. I, I guess the approval, but it doesn't make sense. It's a terrible rule. Yes. But it's a rule. But it's the safety issue. Mm-hmm. My God, these are kids. Eh, okay, teenagers, young men. Still, it's 145 degrees. Look after them. Is that too much to ask? Dylan Mont's next. Miller and Condon till noon. Scott Dockerman is an hour away. Bama's uh, not going to be able to answer the bell. So you know what? You and I will uh, go around college football okay. on a national perspective. Bama's a little 11. sick. Really sick. I mean, yeah. He's had this for a while. Mm. Sorry to worry about my pal. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Uh, when we come back, Dylan Mont's Ames Tribune will join the program. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you until noon, an hour from now, Scott Dockerman. Uh, we'll take a look at the first four games of Iowa's season and take a look ahead to Michigan. Both teams, Iowa and Iowa State, same window, early window, 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Uh, let's get to Dylan Montz. Dylan, uh, good to talk to you, Dylan Montz. Of course, you can read Dylan at Ames Tribune, amestrib.com. Uh, Dylan, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm doing well. Uh, Dylan, I want to start with uh, what I think is maybe the uh, as big a story of, of 
as we look back to uh, Baylor and Iowa State, this the safety issue. Again, Iowa State didn't get beat because they made them take the tents down. But this is a bigger story, in my opinion. The fact that a the Big Twelve, um, the NCAA these these are these are amateurs. These are student athletes who were subjected to. I don't know. What did you see? I've seen 122. I've seen 112. I've seen 145. Regardless, Dylan, it was, it becomes a safety issue at that point. These kids are wearing helmets. They're fully padded. Uh, bigger story than the fact that they incredulously made them take the tents down to begin with. The fact that, uh, the, the common sense didn't, wasn't used here to me is as big a part of this story as anything. Yeah, it felt really petty, actually. Um, I mean, I would say they had to bring their own tents, which is fine. Um, but for, for Baylor to say take them down, is it, it doesn't make any sense at Was all. it Baylor or was it the league? Well, I think Baylor said something, and then the league made it take it down. But I think Baylor could have given them the okay. Um, and again, I, I, I haven't looked at the exact language or anything, but... Uh, somebody made the decision that they couldn't be there, which, uh, you know, like you said, it's a safety issue. I, it was 93 degrees at kickoff. Um, you know, I had seen it was maybe 40, 145 degrees yeah. on the turf yeah. uh, when you're down on the field. Uh, eventually it was 27 degrees warmer on Iowa State sideline than it was on Baylor's. And then the shade um, covered Baylor's sideline most of the second half and then didn't creep over to Iowa State until later in the game. And I thought Campbell, Matt Campbell played it pretty well, saying, mm-hmm. oh, no, don't care about what happened. But, um, you know, it, it is concerning because, you know, if these are student athletes, if right. they're amateurs, if, if you're trying to protect them within the game, um, protect them when they're on the sidelines too, because it, it just uh, it didn't make any sense at all. It really didn't. It's the the back and forth that we continually see here with the Big Twelve too, and common sense needs to prevail in a, a situation like that. Was it people couldn't see? They couldn't see over the tents, and that's where. Maybe the first kind of uh, contact came from fans saying, hey, we can't see the game from here. Is that where this started, or was it something more than that? Do you know? You know, I, I don't know for sure. I, I know the Baylor student section is right behind the tent, so maybe uh, they said something. Maybe it was uh, a logoing issue. I, I have mm-hmm. no idea, but um, you guys might know more than I do. Being up in the press box, mm-hmm. we only got kind of a few tweets here and there about what was happening, but uh, just the whole thing is, it's pretty wild. I mean, because then you think about Iowa State's games later in the year when they'll host, um, you know, Southern schools or, or whatever the case is. They'll have heaters, they'll have coats. Um, you know, to, who has the right to say then that teams can't wear coats and stuff on, on the sideline or, don't, or can't have heaters? It's the same principle. So uh, something needs to be figured out because uh, if, if you are cared about, cared, caring about the kids, but the student-athletes, then um, you need to fix that and then allow stuff like that. Yeah, see, I think heat's a bigger issue because you can run around a little bit and get warm. <laughs> there was no escaping the heat. There there was just no escaping. Uh, I hope that... Um you know, this is a, uh, this now uh, moves to Jamie Pollard's desk or someone's in, in that, uh, maybe it, maybe it's bigger than that. Maybe it's, uh, Winterstein. I don't know, but somebody has to get the ball rolling and do what's right for the kids. This isn't why Iowa State was beaten by Baylor, but this should never happen again on any sideline in college football. I've said my piece. Let's get to the game itself, Dylan. It's time Iowa State, I think, and I get it that Kane Nwangu is injured and maybe he would be the guy. I'm not just uh, I'm not sold on he can take a pounding of an entire Big 12 season, uh, unfortunately for him. Injuries have been a bigger part of Nwangu's career. I, I can tell why they want him in there, but it's time, don't you think, that they 
Now, I identified that running back, and I'm not sure it's Crony. I think that I think it's, I'm almost to the point now where you've got to tab one of those freshmen um, and just let him go because they have got to run the football better. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing because they have been able to move the ball at times as an offense, but um, when they get to that 35 to 40 yard, you know, field on the plus side of, of, of in you know, in the opponent's territory. Um, they just can't get anything to work, and I think part of that is is getting the running game going. I thought Johnny Lang looked uh, okay uh, with some of the runs. He's shifty, was able to make some quick cuts, but um, the the whole freshman aspect is going to be interesting. Brees Hall played the first three games, did not see action against Baylor. Jairel Brock was out there, which is his second game of the year, but he was only out there for one play. One play, and he threw a block. That was it, I think. That was it. Didn't yeah. even get a carry. So it, it, it's kind of tough to see right now, I guess, what they're thinking. I think they want to get both of those freshmen to four games and then maybe make a decision. Do you burn one redshirt? Do you burn two? Um, does Kanae Wongu ever get healthy enough to be the full-time guy? Does Johnny Lang somehow find some consistency? Um, you know, Sheldon Crony was out there uh, quite a bit, but he's he's not really a big run-and-break right. type of guy. He only got, um, I think he had 12 yards on six carries, so it's, that's just not going to cut it either. So I, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, I think the freshmen are probably, um, you know, when all of a sudden done the most talented, but they're they're kind of still in in the weeds too and learning some things. So uh, yeah, it, but it's a necessity that they have to get it running, especially when they get the Big Twelve, where offense is going to be so important, and you have to kind of help pick up the defense. Dylan Moss joining us, Ames Tribune. It's Miller and Condon on KXNO. Brock Purdy fourth quarter looked really good. The numbers up until that point really struggled. And then, of course, message boards and Twitter <laughs> looking for the uh, shiny new object in Real Mitchell. Here we go again. Is this just the lunatic fringe, or do you think this is something that is going to continue to be a conversation piece with Iowa State fans out there about seeing Real Mitchell already throwing the baby out with the bathwater here with Brock Purdy? Yeah, I think the whole Real Mitchell conversation is pretty ridiculous. I saw mm-hmm. people tweet about it and say, you know, time to bring him in, see what he's got. The thing is, we we still don't know even what Real Mitchell is. Uh, the way the Monroe game, obviously he ran the ball well. He threw a couple of nice passes, but it was against probably Louisiana Monroe's second string defense late in the game. Um, it's a whole different deal when you're the starting guy, and you know the Brock Purdy is obviously capable of going out and doing all those things. So I think it's just you talk it up to uh, a mostly bad game and. And try to scheme around it, you know, in the future and move on. But uh, Brock Purdy's the center, and I, I don't see anything changing that for at least, you know, in the foreseeable future. But even the season, he just he's proven too much, I think, to, to just get taken over in that way. Uh, I, t- I texted you in the middle of the game on on Saturday because I didn't see Jaquan Bailey in the in the football game for the longest time. I did not see the injury, Dylan, and I didn't tape the game for whatever reason. Um, what happened? Did you see it? I, you know, I didn't see it either. I, I started to see a few things pop up on Twitter, like where's Jaquan? And then even the television broadcast, I think it brought it up before we even realized because it's not like he went down on the field and then he had to be helped off. So he must have played, was able to get off under his own power because even in the stat book that we get after the games, uh, it didn't list as number three for Iowa State as, as uh, going down with an injury or being, uh, you know, escorted off the field or anything or going back to the locker room. And the thing that must have happened in the game, and then um, he was able to get off under his own power. And then I went for him on the sideline, obviously, later in the game, didn't see him. So, um, yeah, Matt Campbell said that they were going to go through and get him some more x-rays and, and figure out the severity. It didn't sound 
very promising, but mm. hopefully we'll get another update uh, again today with more clarity. But, um, you know, with if it's a lower leg injury or an ankle or whatever the case is, uh, tough when your defense is in and you need that part of your body to, to generate all the power to rush the pass. Early in the season, Matt Campbell now Ofer against Iowa and Ofer in the opener of the Big 12. Anything to read into that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly a trend that you want to try to buck at some point. Um, you know, they, they start behind the eight ball a little bit. Um, you know, Paul Rhodes, uh, you know, was able to start 3-0 and a couple times in the Big 12. When they went, or not in the Big 12, in, in their conference, and then they go to the Big 12 go three and six and be able to get the bowl game. So that it just kind of shows you that if you're able to start off a little bit faster, then it gives you a little bit more margin for error and you're able to go and have a little bit of goodwill. When you start behind the eight ball like that, it puts a little bit more pressure on where you got to go win games on the road. you got to, you know, like TCU coming up this week, you probably have to beat them if you want to get that, mm-hmm. um, you know, eight-win type of threshold. So it, it just creates a little bit more pressure and, um, you know, I think part of it in the last few years has just been kind of finding identities, particularly on offense and along the line and, and trying to establish some sort of rhythm because the defense has been solid, been able to win them games, but um, the offense is, is still playing a little bit of catch up in that aspect. Uh, did you notice cramping issue? I, I, they brought it up. I think it was Tariq Milton that was uh, was getting some attention. Uh, were, were there some, when you know when you guys got an opportunity to speak to some of the players after the game or coaching staff? Was that an issue? I got to give the uh, you know the training staff for Iowa State all the credit in the world for being, if indeed um, it it seemingly was as, as uh, minimal an issue as as it was. I mean, these guys. By every opportunity to be dehydrated, you know, cramping issues. I only saw that maybe with Milton, and I'm not even sure that that was the case. So hats off to the training staff. Yeah, it was it was hot. I was up in the press box, obviously, and they had the AC going, which was nice. And they opened up the windows, and we felt that warm breeze come in. And, um, you know, we were even in the shade, obviously, still with that. So I, I couldn't have imagined being down there on the field, how hot that would have been. So. Uh, pretty incredible that we didn't see more. Right. Of that. I saw a couple of Baylor players uh, deal with some of that. Yeah, that big D lineman was struggling. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, you can hydrate as much as you want, but sometimes guys are just susceptible to that. But uh, pretty, pretty incredible given the conditions that we didn't see even more of that. Huge month here, Dylan. Obviously, October, something we talked about, Ken and I, a little bit earlier. This has been the time Matt Campbell's teams have really turned it on. TCU coming into town here, and Max Duggan going to make another appearance in his home state. The kid from Council Bluffs down there in his freshman campaign. You look at his numbers, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. That's really good. Completion percentage, though, 53%. Not quite as good in 5.9 per attempt. Not good either. What do you see from this TCU team? 3-1 and one coming in, a loss for, well, when they played for the Iron Skillet against their rival against SMU. Against the ranked SMU yes. team. Don't look now. Here comes Eric Dickerson at company, the Pony yeah, Express. Really. What do you know about TCU, Dylan? Yeah, so I, obviously they're strong defensively. That's kind of the staple under Gary Patterson. And then they've been kind of trying to find their way on offense. They were rotating quarterbacks at the beginning of the year. Then they kind Still of are. Max Duggan. But then, yeah, exactly. Brought in Alex Dalton again against Kansas. And Part of that is probably just keep him fresh. That, that game was in mm-hmm. hand pretty early, so it, they're, they're kind of um, trying to see what both guys are going to take some pressure one off the other. But um, it, it, the, I think it's going to come down to what kind of scheme John Haycock can cook up. Can you make, if Max Duggan is a starter, can you put him in pressure situations? Can you make him make quick decisions? Uh, I know he's a good runner, but can you get him running a little bit, get him off balance, get him uncomfortable? 
um, that's that's going to be the biggest thing. And then, um, you know, obviously for Iowa State's offense, uh, they, they just got to kind of get back to their roots a little bit, find a way to run the ball, and, and hope Brock Purdy's a little bit sharper um, earlier in the game than they he was. Yeah, look, they did a nice job, TCU. They took Puka Williams completely out of that football game. Uh, There's the best player, I think, offensively anyways on Kansas. He did nothing. There was... 13 guys that ran the football for TCU in that blowout. Uh, a similar number of guys caught the football in that blowout. Three quarterbacks played in that football game. I don't know if it's going to be Delton. I don't know if it's going to be Dugan. But this is a, this is a really important game, Dylan. As Trent pointed out, the way the schedule now sits with four games in the month of October, you know, two on the road, two at home. The two roadies are clearly, you would think, the two most likely wins, but they're on the road, and TCU's playing very well, um, and we certainly know Oklahoma State is playing very well. This Big 12, man, oh, man, it's uh, there's some parity in this league, I think. Yeah, there ended up being more than I even thought maybe at the beginning of the year, but there's there's a lot of emphasis, obviously, on this game, especially, um, you know, you only get 12 a year, and uh, it's a cliche and whatnot, but when you have kind of the, the bumps maybe Iowa State's had in, um, you know, you're three points away from going 4-0 to start the year, or you're another three points from being 1-3. and three. Um, the, the margins are, are really small right now, so coming out and playing well against DC, trying to get a win, especially when you go on the two longest road trips you'll mm-hmm. have uh, all season and back-to-back weeks, going to Morgantown and then going to Lubbock. Um, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's a precarious spot to be in, but, um, you know, one that Iowa State has kind of, um, over the last couple of years, Tony can overcome, but uh, obviously he's going to have to do it again now, kind of, like I said, um, behind the scenes a little bit at 2-2. Two and two. Will we find out about Jaquan Bailey during the teleconference, do you think? Uh, that's my hope. Um, yeah, it, it'll certainly be asked, uh, if, if not by someone else, by me. Um, and if not, we'll, we'll hopefully get another update tomorrow with a little bit more clarity. But, uh, yeah, I want to get to the bottom of it soon. So he's played four games. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, look, we hope it's not season-ending or anything close like that. But you kind of, it sounded a little ominous. Is that kind of what I take from you know from uh, you being in the locker room or you listening to the press conferences after the game? Yeah. So Matt Campbell, you know, most of the time he's pretty bullish on guys. Even Colin Noel, who we still haven't seen since the opener, um, he's like, you know, he says, you know, there's a timetable maybe for his return. You can kind of see it. He's maybe day to day, week to week, whatever the case is. Freak Mellon after the game, he said it would be fine to climb. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a little bit more hesitant, said we'll get X-rays and we'll just kind of see. So uh, it sounded a little bit different maybe than some of the other cases that we've we've dealt with. But, um, yeah, you know, the four-game threshold is interesting. Uh, you know, if even if this is a two-month deal that he's out or mm-hmm. whatever, I, I don't know yet. Um, you know, you're talking about the end of the regular season. So, um, yeah, it makes, makes the whole decision process interesting and, and could make next year interesting if that is the case of, of him being able to come back after a redshirt year. So we'll, we'll find out a little bit more soon. Well, one last thing. I think Eisworth's hurt. I do. I think that shoulder, I think there's something there. He didn't get back in the game, uh, the ULM game. Uh, he came to the sideline, looked as though it was a shoulder injury. I watched him on one play in the football game, and he certainly wasn't running around, you know, uh, like the projectile that he usually is from his position. Uh, and there was a play on the sidelines where he only used one arm to push, and it was his good arm, his left arm, because it was his right one that you could clearly you could clearly see on the sidelines. And the ULM game was in some kind of stress. Do you think there's something there with Eyesworth, Dylan? I do. Yeah, we saw him after the game, and he looked like he was you know okay at that point. But yeah, with the position that he plays and how physical he is, wouldn't be surprised if there was something similar to what Kaneda Wander was dealing with. When we talked to Kaneda the other week. 
um, basically the whole time he was talking to us, he was rubbing his shoulder and, and he had just gotten treatment and was trying to, you know, rub it out a little bit. But eyes were, um, you know, I haven't gotten anything definitive on that. But yeah, it, it's maybe a little bit different than, than what we've seen from him in the past. So uh, something to watch maybe and uh, and how he plays through it because I think he, he will play through it because um, um, they need him on defense, frankly. And then um, that's just kind of the, the guy and, and player he is. So it's interesting to watch, though. Go listen to Matt Campbell. We'll talk to you on Friday, Dylan Montz. Thank you. Yep, thanks, guys. Take care. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com is where you can uh, read Dylan. So, Penn State, Iowa, it's official. It's a night game. It is. 6.30 kickoff from Kinnick Stadium. You want to go to that game. You don't have tickets. You know where you can go right now for a well, chance well, help to me, win? Help me. You hang on a second. That game's sold out. What do oh, you mean? oh, there's a pair of tickets, oh. courtesy of Dr. Stephen Fuller and Fuller Family Dentistry. Go to KXNO.com on the contact, uh, contest page, and you all you have to do, predict the score. Iowa, Michigan. Total points. Total points. You get that right. You knock it out. And if you're the winner of the contest, you got a pair in Kinnick Stadium for the Hawkeyes and Nittany Lions with maybe game day in town. You know what? I should. I think we know the section that they're in, too. I should try and find that out. They're, they're decent tickets. And again, if you don't win them this week, we've got, uh, courtesy of our buddy Steve, Dr. Stephen Fuller, we've got tickets to see uh, the Purdue game as well as the Minnesota. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Get hope. HopeLawFirm.com. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Tickets to give away to the sold-out Penn State game. Go to the uh, KXNO.com to the contest page. Fill out the uh, score. Predict the score. Closest without going over total points in the Michigan-Iowa uh, game this coming week. If you are right, you'll get a couple of tickets. If there's a couple of you, we've got two tiebreakers uh, that are part of the contest as well. Obviously, we we'll, they don't come into play unless we have to get to that tiebreaker. You know, there's a big story in sports strength. It's uh, this one's gonna this one's going to gain some momentum. Uh, the governor of California signed that uh, law mm-hmm. uh, into the state of California, where now student athletes can be paid uh, for endorsements for their likeness. They can hire agents. Uh, this is this is something to watch because this is California for now. Apparently, Florida's getting close to doing the same. If you're a kid who's got opportunities to make money sure. out of your likeness and you've got offers in the state of Texas or the state of California or the state of Iowa or the state of California, it makes the decision kind of easier, doesn't it? Unless those teams are not eligible to compete in the NCAA tournament or compete yeah. for a national championship. See, I see this as the beginning of the NC. Remember when the Berlin Wall fell? I do. I, I remember NCAA it vividly. The Wall is, is starting to crumble a little bit here. And um, scales are about getting set to turn, I think. Something to watch. Big story that comes at you on a Monday in the middle of football season. But um, we will pay attention to this one. 11 o'clock hours coming up next. Trent and I are going to go around college football on a national scale. Bama. Under the weather, so he won't join us today. Scott Darkerman coming up in a half an hour. Tickets to give away right up until kickoff time on Saturday. You can get your entries in, one per person. Uh, win some tickets to see sold-out Penn State-Iowa night game. By the way, Iowa State-West Virginia, 3 o'clock on that same day. You like that. I do. They stay away from each other. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO.